0: Coming up in this bonus episode of the podcast, I will be talking to the chairman of Cricket Finland, Andrew Armitage, and sharing some thoughts about how Pasipalo and cricket are actually more similar than you may think. So whether you don't know from your fine leg to your third slip, or you're a seasoned pro at all things cricket, just sit back and enjoy the podcast. And welcome to another bonus episode of the Super Paces Roundup podcast. Joining me today is a very special guest, although not one that you usually associate with Pesopalo. In fact, a different bat and ball sport altogether. My guest is the chairman of Cricket Finland, Andrew Armitage. Andy, how are you?
1: Fine, thank you, Ian. Uh, glad to be with you. Happy to be um, on the programme. It's, um, it's been an interesting uh, time following what you've been writing, and I think uh, that's perfect timing as the season has just started here, the cricket season just started here in Finland, so um, perfect timing to uh, to get on the show. Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. Um, well, there were a couple of things I wanted to um, talk about today, but before we, we get into, you know, what's happening at the moment and, and so on, a lot of my listeners may not actually know that there is a Cricket Finland <laughs> organisation in the first place. Um, or even what cricket is. Could you tell me a little bit about what the Cricket uh, Finland Association is?
1: Absolutely. Um, Cricket Finland, or or, or officially speaking, the translation of Suomen Cricket Delito is the Finnish Cricket Association, was was formed back in uh, 1999. And we are the official uh, national national governing body for cricket in Finland. currently an associate member of the International Cricket Council, which for your regular uh, listeners uh, is the um, the global governing body for, for cricket around the world. Um, we are an official full member of the Finnish National Olympic Committee. And uh, as is the case in Finland for all recognized sports, we are then a recognized association with the Ministry of Culture and Education where sports sits within the uh within the picture of um of national government recognition for uh, for organizations and associations so um we are very officially speaking um a similar organization as as is the case for for the, the national governing body for Pesapalo, and um we currently uh have what's the number currently just over thir- i think it's middle 30s in t- number of um of cricket clubs stretching from obviously the majority of, of them are in and around the um, greater Helsinki metropolis of, uh, of Helsinki, Espo Vanta and of course would go without saying Kerava where the national ground is located but we do have um, cricket clubs all as, as far north as uh, Oulu, two clubs up in Oulu and then we uh, sort of coming down from there have clubs uh, located Across other parts of the country, from Vaza to Tampere to Turku, Uusikylä, Kuopio, um, also on the uh, on the west coast, going towards um, Tamisari at, at Ekenes um, Cricket Club, which um, which also plays. So, um, what else could I add to that in terms of, of cricket? Uh, we we run uh, we run competitions um, throughout the year. Uh, we we have an indoor uh, Cricket tournament, which um, which normally runs uh, around about from sort of December to end of April, um, we are planning for due to due to Corona and all the other strange things. So we're planning on finishing our indoor season from uh, early in 2020 and in the back end of 2020. So we'll probably start earlier this year. I think we'll have um, we'll have an indoor end to this this spring's competition. Uh, in October already. Start that one earlier, get that finished through October and then kick off with the twenty twenty-one version of Indoor. Um and then we uh as we come into the, the finished summer so we run we run an outdoor program from May through to basically the end of September. Which um which offers national uh leagues in this year as we speak, ten overs, twenty overs and forty over formats. Um and in in addition to all of that, we uh, we basically try and get as many um, kids picking up a cricket bat and, and uh, a ball as much as we possibly can during the school uh, year. Um, we have we have some um, quite close relationships with certainly with the the, the three major cities of Helsinki, Espoo, and Vanta, uh, which are easy enough for us to get um, our coaches into into schools. And we're trying to, uh, I guess. Uh, from an English perspective, you'd say on the curriculum, but it's the curricular in, in Finnish uh, is not um, specific about um, sports per se. It just uh, refers to generic ball sports. So we fit obviously quite nicely into that. So you, I guess you can say if somebody's asking then in principle, we are on the curriculum as we are one of the biggest ball sports in the world. So um, so we tick that box as well. Um, and our, uh, our goal, our strategy as such is to basically grow the game as much as we possibly can do for people living in Finland as well as indigenous Finns if you want to call it that so getting more and more Finns introduced to the, the great game of cricket which um, which I guess we, uh, we we also saw or you also saw from uh, from the event that we had back in January with uh, with Eoin so I think uh, that was certainly one of the things that we've been playing for a while which came about so uh, what else could I add to that? Any other question on that one? Did I miss something out? <laughs> well no I was
0: I was going to say, um, we'll come on to the, uh, the janssen uh match uh, in a bit, but, but sort of going back a little bit um, as to how accessible uh, cricket is. Certainly when I was growing up, it was, it was kind of the thing of, where you, if you can get something that you can hit something with that looks a bit like a cricket bat, if you don't already have one, and a tennis ball or something like that, you can play anywhere. And um, I often did. <laughs> um, so it's um, it's one of these things that, at first blush, I often find... And, and it's very similar with Pest Palo, the other way round. And I'll explain this a bit later. Um, people get put off by the idea that you have to have the specific equipment in order to play. Yeah. But actually, you don't. I mean, if you look, for example... Um, yeah, you know, all, all across the UK, all across the Indian subcontinent, everybody just picks up a bat, picks up a ball, and they just they go for it. What you were just saying there in terms of the accessibility and and how widely spread uh, cricket is becoming in in Finland is it, it's really surprising to me, but in a good way. Um, I, I like to see how that's spreading. Um, I'm a lifelong uh, Scotland cricket fan cuz my dad's childhood friends helped coach um the youngsters who now uh come of age so um i have i've always been part of that kind of growing culture of 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 cricket how can people find out more about uh about cricket
1: it it's those are good points that you make. Um and, and I think having lived here, I consider myself to be these days more more finished than, than English to be honest. I'm originally from Manchester back then, but um having moved here in uh in eighty eight on, on a permanent basis and, and been involved pretty much in, in cricket for all but the first um uh, three or four years of uh of living here. So um I think what, what uh has dawned on me of over, over the, the well, best part of uh three decades really is that um Most of the time, Finns in general, and and obviously the the more and more work we do, the the fewer and fewer of them there are, but um, there there is a clear sort of um, thought in their mind that cricket is something which is inaccessible and which is uh, quite strange a, a sport and, and very difficult to understand and can't possibly be played in Finland and, and how could anybody want to play something that's going to last for five days and end in a draw and all those sorts of interesting things so, so we, we sort of bend over backwards to, to try and make sure that we do the absolute opposite and for somebody like yourself or myself that, um, that would have been brought up with that whether it was a a stick and a tennis ball or whatever it might have been at the youngest of ages in the back garden or in the, in the streets with, with friends or whatever, you know, it's, it was always something that, uh, that looked a little bit like cricket, but, but wasn't at that particular moment in time as that's what it was event eventually leading up to. But, um, you know, whether it was on the beach or in the park or in the back garden, you know, it's uh, I think the, the accessibility of the whole, the whole game uh, is something which we, we stress then all the time and, and certainly to all of the school teachers and school kids that uh, that our coaches meet year in year out you know that's that's the impression which we want to give and we've certainly um, managed the last couple of years specifically as well with the uh, with a wider projects from the ICC who I think also um, it'd be fair to say that, that probably the first 10-15 years of the the amount of uh, conversations we had within the ICC as well basically dealing normally with with English or Australians or or Asian subcontinent people who take everything for granted and and uh, would often tell us that you know it has to be hardball and it has to be red ball and it has to be played in whites and all this sort of thing and you know it's not cricket if it's not fifty overs and all this sort of absolute tosh if you want to call it that I mean I um I was uh, I was I would say youngster anymore but mate in my my um, late teens of both of ashes of eighty one and you know I'd probably consider myself to be. Uh, a traditionalist in terms of really uh, loving test match cricket. But if I'm talking about my position now and the development of the game in a country where it's not recognised, then it's the absolute opposite. And, um, and the shorter and sharper and easier we can make it to play, then the, the, the more and more we will and the more and more we'll succeed getting more people involved in it. So um, how can people find out more? I think was your question. Um, we are pretty well covered across all the different social media platforms, from from Twitter to Facebook to Instagram and uh and, and have our own website as well as our own uh youtube cricket finland dedicated channel um uh, as ever with uh with a small organization and not having a lot of resources, the website is something which is consistently um always comes up as a point of discussion that it needs to be better it needs to be improved and all those sorts of things so perhaps um the basic information is on the website as well but um i think these days uh, youngsters if I don't refer to people of my age certainly seem to want to get their information on different um, platforms and we try to make sure that we've got younger people managing all of our platforms uh, except for the bits that I get involved in every now and then but, um, so I think those are probably the, the the best ways and then obviously physically we um, we have a small office in the National Olympic Committee building it's called Sportitalo so it's sort of a, a house of sports if you want to call it that in um, Part of Helsinki called Piteamaki where, where there are I think currently around about 60 different national governing bodies uh, based in the same building um, so of course if anybody wants to find out more we're often uh, in the office as well for 383 days of the year if you ask my wife but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so certainly there as well that uh, makes us also then accessible physically as well as, uh, as online.
0: Just going back a little second there, you mentioned some of the formats. Um, T20 is something that most people, if you know cricket, will be familiar with. And, and T10, I'd never come across that until um, it, it was brought up on, uh, on I think it was on of, one of your Twitter feeds, um, that you had this T10 um, tournament, effectively. Um much sharper much quicker game as you as you can imagine it's 10 overs um rather than 20 and t20 one of the things that strikes me with um Paspallo and, and the finnish audience is the speed of the games yes in in say in in england in in india or, or in australia the the, the real traditionalists will love nothing more than to just watch four or five days played out uh, for a draw. Um, heck, you know... <laughs> well, I, um, I, I'm, I'm sadly one of them, um, but uh, but I also enjoy the fast-paced games. I, I think of them as almost very different animals, but with the same soul, if that makes, that makes sense.
1: That yeah, does. Yeah, uh, that does. Completely.
0: So... It's a really interesting concept of the way that these things change in order to market themselves to different parts of different audiences. Um, Yes, you can be a a fan of of test cricket, but you could also be a fan of T20 or T10, or you might not. You might just be a fan of that and and not of test cricket, uh, for example. Um, And certainly one of the things that I've uh, found is... The pace at which um, Pesparlo is played, it certainly feels more natural to have a fast paced game. Yep. Um, we'll uh, take a short break now, we'll be uh, back to talk about some uh, more links between uh, cricket and Pesparlo. <laughs> Okay, uh, welcome back. Um, we're still here with uh, the chairman of uh, Cricket Finland, uh, Andrew Armitage. We mentioned at the very top of the uh, podcast, there was a, a match that you had with the current Super Paces, uh men's champions, uh, Johansson Myler, and that was part of the SMV co-
1: That's correct. Quite well uh, pronounced as well. Well done.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So how did that, uh, how did that actually come about? I think if we
1: take a, a couple of steps further back, um, before going to the own, so event itself, then SMVCO as a concept, perhaps is something that we should uh, explain. Um, going back, I think, um, uh, I'd say, f- I think we're already at four years. Um, it might be five, but anyway, if you just bear with me on that one. But, um, the, um, the, there was a discussion going around the uh, the Olympic building at the time about whether or not the Finnish uh, smaller sports associations should copy um, a model that had come out of Sweden, which was uh, called SM Vekkan. Um and basically what it means as a translation into English is is a week of a week of sports, and the SM is a reference to it being sort of a, a Finnish national or Swedish national uh, events, so so they'd have a. Um, recognition from the national governing body that that events that would be part of this this uh, bigger multi-sport tournament would have a a national champion uh, recognition attached to it and it was the intention was to just get more and more sports to be working together um, to deliver events at the same time in different locations across the country and it had been successfully done in Sweden for a long while Um, done is in winter and, and summer versions and I was, uh, I guess, probably one of the first people that actually heard about it, and one of the most uh, interested for very self reasons, because I saw it as an opportunity for cricket to actually get more exposure to an event that uh, could give us, again, going back to the point made earlier about accessibility, that could give us access to a wider audience in, in Finland. And um, at the, the point that uh, the, the, the first year that this project was uh, was sort of gathering Gathering momentum, then they were also. Uh, they, being the, uh, the the National Olympic Committee, were also saying that Ule, the national broadcasting company, was also interested in becoming a partner of, of the event. So, once we started having discussions with the organisers and then the national broadcaster, saying, well, they would also they be investing in the event by having uh, full-blown uh, sports broadcast live to the country on on national TV, the equivalent of the BBC, um, for all of the finals of national sports within SMB. So, of course, we uh, we jumped at that idea thinking, well, we'd sort of bend over backwards to do whatever we could to get cricket on Finnish TV, something that we'd never actually achieved, other than in little snippets of a sort of a jokey bit at the end of the news or something like that, uh, that sort of thing up to that point. And sure enough, we managed to get the... um, the project over the line with with various other sports who we cajoled into uh, to joining in and delivered the first one back in in tampere um be either 2016 or 2017. somebody would pull me up on the stat and tell me that i'm wrong but uh, it was around about that time and um, we did that as an indoor version the first indoor version which um the second which you saw in, in your Joensuu in january of this year um sandwiched in between were three consecutive summers of um, the equivalent as a summer version. So we, of course we played um, outdoor. We had one in Tampere. So the, the second Sambique was uh, was the following summer. And then the next two summers in the municipality of Vanta. And in connection with that, we also managed to develop a, a second grass cricket ground in Vanta, which was based with a, an artificial wicket in between two good quality football pitches. Side by side, rather than long ways. Um, obviously, giving us a, a, a decent size um, oval to work with, um, and that ground has then subsequently and is continued to be developed, um, and and would have been used for the um, the European World Cup uh, qualifier, T20 World Cup qualifier, which which would have been just a couple of weeks away. But anyway, let's not go there. Um, so back to to assembly. So that that was, I guess, one of the. Uh, one of the main reasons for us to, to actually get involved in the project in the first place, the fact that we could get TV coverage and make cricket more accessible to the Finnish population. And uh, sure enough, we had two fantastic uh, events the last two summers in, in Vanta outdoors. So when this one came up and they said, well, it'll be in your in January, 2020. So we thought, well, okay, let's, um, let's see what we can do for an indoor event and, and learn from what we would um, I wouldn't say messed up, but things that we could have done better, let's say that way for the Tampere event back um, back then the first time and made sure that the surface was more um, suitable to uh, to indoor cricket, which of course meant that we had a couple of trips up to Joensu to look at the location. And then strangely enough, we found that Yoensu and Myla, sadly in my ignorance, I hadn't been aware that they actually do train indoor as well. So when we went to the Yohansu, was it the Yohansu arena, I think, um, and went in there and we're a little bit sort of, that's um, the word I should use. Not necessarily expecting all that much, so sort of thinking, oh, we'll have another dodgy uh, football, astro surface, and the bounce will be horrible, and we'll have to make up some sort of um, excuse for for having a, uh, an indoor tournament which wouldn't be all that good, but at least we'd be on the TV and at least it looks like something like cricket. So, to my surprise, when they um, they rolled down a couple of astro turf strips of what they said the a Mila guys then play train indoor for pesis and the bounce was absolutely perfect. So um, <laughs> I thought, oh, this looks like uh, this looks like the same artificial stuff that we use for cricket wickets. <laughs> Jolly good. I've not seen this before. Um, so sure enough, we ticked that box immediately and said, right, okay, absolutely, what else could we do? And I think at the time when we were in Yoinsu um, and this, this survey visit of the location and was everything going to work and all that sort of stuff, then I just threw the comment out there to say, well, hey, what about if we sort of try and attract a little bit more attention by um, having a word with Yoenis Céspula, knowing that they're, they're such um, a huge uh, team, and and my interest in uh, in trying to get more people involved in in cricket, and thought, well, okay, fair enough. If I if I go to a a cricket mecca, then I'd I'd and I didn't know anything about cricket, then I'd want to get the biggest team involved. Um, One thing led to another. Uh, we had a few more phone calls um, and I guess at first they thought, well, mm, I wonder what this is all about. This is crazy guy from cricket Finland. they asking all these strange questions um, and the rest is history. I think it was, um, it was a super game. It was uh, it was enjoyed by both cricketers as well as uh, Pesapala players. And there were certainly bigger crowds to watch the uh, the exhibition game, which the Ornzul Myla chaps played with, um, with what was a sort of a, a representative team. We mostly national team plays and then yours truly actually was on the pitch at some point. So that brought down the, uh, brought down the quality of play as well as increased the average age on, uh, on the court. But um, other than that, everything went really well. And uh, we had the crowds were were packed in. I think we had a bigger crowd for for that game than we did for the actual final event (laughs) when we completed the the cricket event itself. But, uh, but all in all, I think there was a, it was a super um, event. And I think, you know, we, we, we made a lot of good contacts with the, the Yoma organisation, and have had uh, various bits of phone calls and things after that as well. And obviously, Corona has put paid to all sorts of things that we'd uh, we'd had nice plans for. But um, you know, links have been made, something has been started, and I think you know it was a, it was a pretty much uh, a super success all round. I think maybe just finally as well, then then the um, I forgot one thing, which is another link to Pesis, because the commentator from Ule's side. A chap called Kale uh, Paulonen is himself um, predominantly Fesepalo person, and he actually had done the cricket commentary with me. So I, I for my sins, I also did uh, cricket commentary in Finnish um, live on the national broadcast, uh, and did it with Kale the last two summers in Vanta. So he actually caught the cricket bug and uh, was immediately uh, interested in um, putting his hand up to be the cricket commentator in. Joinsu with uh, with yours truly again back in January so so we had a, a pesis um, expert ex player junior pesis coach based uh, in Uvesco I think he is um, as the commentator from Ule's side the professional commentator and his assistant slash so called expert was uh, was yours truly on the microphone speaking in Finnish about um, about that wonderful day that we were having out and the final that went uh, live to the people.
0: Well, it's it's really interesting. You uh, you talk about um, people catching this this kind of cricket bug, and maybe not necessarily originally thinking that that they would, especially with a a Palo background. Um, one of the things that I've I've learned from talking with vast number of people um, who, who uh, have knowledge of both sports, um, and one person, obviously in particular, is my uh, co-host my regular co-host for the uh, podcast, uh, Miko Pirhonen, um, he does um, some Zoom conferencing um, training sessions for the Basball Federation of Asia. And in fact, last year, he uh, did some training uh, with the Bangladesh and uh, Nepalese national sides in the lead-up to the 2019 uh, World Cup in India. And he was saying how difficult it was in many respects to try and explain Pespalo concepts to the cricket, you know, to the, these people who were playing Pespalo because they have a, a cricketing background and it's yeah, like, yep. well, you catch it and they're not out or they might, What you know, <laughs> what's going on? It's all very strange. Um, and so he had to try and uh, explain all this. And of course, they're trying to explain things to him about cricket and he's like, I don't really know much about cricket. But when he'd connected with them, when he'd got these things through, um, he said that these players were coming up with some really inspiring things, really uh, inspiring kind of thought processes on the pitch that um, even you know higher levels of, uh, of Pesparlo, you, you, you kind of wouldn't think and that kind of stuff got me thinking about the the mindset of um, cricketers and baseball players is, is very similar actually because whilst the mechanics of pespalo looks like baseball you know the the kind of swing of the bat running around bases but actually there's a lot of similarities between the way that a player will think Determining when to run, not to run as a batter, looking for a signal of when to run uh, from from the other end, as it were, or, or the non-striker's end. Yeah. Fielding, you know, backing up, stopping, stopping more runs or a run in Pesparlo, but allowing somebody to reach on base, you know, those kind of things. It, it's a, a really interesting kind of mix. I find Pespalo, of these these different kind of elements of other sports. And it's one that most people don't often think about. I guess nobody's ever had cause <laughs> to think about pespolo and cricket in the same the same sentence. But I suppose that was what was so intriguing and so fascinating for me. And um, this uh, SM Vico um, match with Johansson Mile immediately came up on my radar and I was like, well, this is me all over. Uh, <laughs> I've got, got to watch this. Because um, as I'm sure you know, my, my backgrounds uh, here in the UK, my, my dad's a very big cricket player. Um, you, you often see him wandering around the house in his Cheshire over 60s cricket jersey and stuff like that. You know, he's just, just mad, mad, mad on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, he, he, it's, it's, it's cricket all the way down for him. So when, uh, when I came to Palo, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of different sports and things, but to actually see this kind of link coming about is really interesting for me. And, uh, yeah, I was just wondering what kind of things you would like to see in the future between Pesparlo and, and cricket.
1: I think the um, the opportunities and possibilities are, are pretty endless. I mean, I, I think we've... Um, considering the fact that the organisation as an association has literally just turned 20 years last year, so it's still a relatively short period of time when you put it into the bigger picture of the uh, the annals of time and development of history of, of sports, um, and even looking at the, the development of Pesa Parlo. I, I think we've often thought in the past, and, and if I sort of use myself as an example, and various other people that have been involved in cricket that didn't have... Or, or weren't uh, finished by by birth, so didn't necessarily know all that much about pesapallo. And then we all we all sort of thought it was quite a strange, just strange game. And and I've often thought that um, you know I, I wondered why, Dacopić uh, back in the day didn't sort of study a little bit more cricket and come up with cricket, which would have made our lives far easier um, if he'd come back and decided that cricket was going to be the game that they'd played rather than pesapallo. But anyway, that's uh, by the by. Um, I think ultimately your your co-host Mikko and, and and the likes of of him um being in in the subcontinent and seeing the uh the, the passion for cricket i'm not surprised at all that um you'd be getting such interesting questions which you mentioned earlier from uh, from uh, local national pesist sides from from these countries with cricket backgrounds and i think it's it's you know it's a it's almost exactly the same thing that we experienced in Yoen. So back in January. We weren't sure what we were going to be expecting. And in, in advance, we thought, well, you know, will they be interested at all? Or will they just turn up and have a bit of a hit and leave? And that would be it. But uh, I think they themselves reacted in a very similar way that I could imagine people in India, when Mikko was there, uh, asking him questions which would have been based on cricket, but referring to PESIS, um, And the, some of the questions that we got from the PESIS players were were also then particularly advanced and I think some of the things that I had thought in the past um and certainly thought more about before we went up to your know, and so we're back in January I thought well I wonder how they'll be with with fielding and collecting the ball and throwing and all those sorts of things and I, I was thinking that you know surely they'll they'll pick that one up quickly and they certainly did um there's no doubts about that whatsoever that um you know the, the crossover of of um technique between the two games, despite not having a glove on, I think, you know, they all picked that one up particularly well. As usual with people new to the game, the bowling was um, was probably the hardest part to do. If, if you were looking at it uh, purely from a, a strict legal delivery perspective, then there was quite a bit of chucking then going on, but uh, I guess that was to be expected. But at the same time, a couple of the guys did come through with uh, with what looked like a pretty um, legal Action and we're getting the ball down rather quickly. So uh, that was also again something that was was very interesting to see. And probably I think uh, I would remember the names of the players, but I think there's one or two players that were were bowling certainly at speeds of of somebody that would be playing cricket in the Finnish national side. So not uh, not bad at all. Not not sort of uh, international uh, 90 mile an hour pace, but still good enough to be um, nippy. Let's put it that way. Um, and once they got used to the hitting part, then. I wouldn't say that was um, done and dusted within the hour. I think they were still struggling a little bit with facing the ball from the bounce and and uh, timing and all those sorts of things. But I think, you know, just as a taster to what it could be, it was certainly a um, fantastic uh, experience for both sides really to to get involved in a game, which, which was for them, I think, um, not that difficult to pick up. And then I think that they realized from that, as well as a lot of them, them being there, Quite a bit of the time over the weekend watching the cricket games that went on, so you could see that there was a, a clearer interest in what was happening than perhaps had been before we came up there. Um, and they certainly certainly twigged on the the connections. And and I think it was a surprise to them as well about how dynamic. I mean, it was indoor cage cricket, so so of all the formats of the game, then that's probably the, the most dynamic, with the ball bouncing off the side and and flying in all directions at uh, at, at speed in a in what was it 27 meters long by about 12 meters yes. wide cage so you know obviously it's uh it's made for um sort of a flipper type approach or uh, if you want to call it that to uh to playing cricket in the the shortest and tightest format of the game but i think at the same time you know the basics are all still the same and, and they you know realize that um you know perhaps it's not just a a, a game for old men with uh with beer bellies and walking around the outfield drinking tea at the break and all that sort of thing which again is the standard um, comment that we normally get back from people that don't know anything about cricket at all so uh, so i think certainly that thought was um was removed from their uh their minds during those couple of days um and i guess with um with Carla, we had a couple of discussions. The the Ula commentator that uh, that I mentioned earlier was who coaches in uh, in Uvesco, coaches juniors, and um, we had initial discussions, literally just uh, were thinking about the next steps of what we could do uh, when Corona struck. So um, so it's 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 on our to do list to actually look at, um, at offering cricket as a as a second or third or fourth sport to to kids as as another option, and certainly looking at how we can get involved with a tighter link to Pesipalo, uh clubs, just as a, as a sort of an added interest, if you want to call it that. And I think it also adds, it's, it's um, Finland in the last couple of decades has, has certainly become far more metropolitan and, and open in nature. And I think um, as originally coming from the UK myself then, then very different um, background from my childhood as, as would have been somebody of my age. Who had been born in Finland, and obviously that means that uh, there's a lot more foreign background people in Finland than there were back in the 70s and 80s. Um, and I think just by definition, the actual the nature of the game of cricket is something which is is then used, and we often use as a tool to to assist with um, with integration into the local society and integration into you know the way things are in Finland, um, whether that be sports or otherwise. And I think cricket has a lot to offer in that regard, and something which then we can look at for. As, as we move forward as juniors to get involved in the game you know whether it's a, a, a Finnish child or whether it's a, it's a, a child that's been brought up with a either in like in our case with a, with one Finnish parent and one English parent or then two foreign parents and, and happens to be born in Finland and so on and so forth and then all all that sort of thing is something which we look at as as definitely an added uh, string to the bow if you want to call it that and, and an opportunity for us to have more Finnish people involved in in the wonderful game of cricket
0: well, it's interesting. Uh, you talk about misconceptions uh, with cricket. Most people would assume that the first international cricket match involved England, um, but actually, <clears> it was <throat> between the U.S. and Canada. When you, when you're talking about separate separate nations, um, and it's a far more international game than most people realise. You know, there there are cricket associations all around the world in in places that you would never imagine. Case in point. I didn't know that Cricket Finland existed until the (laughs) SMVCO. There you go. This is true. Um, But uh, it it certainly worked on me um, to to, to raise that kind of awareness with me. But uh, another interesting thing is a lot of people think of cricket as this kind of stuffy, male-dominated sport, you know, very English and, and, and so on. But actually, there is a thriving and very competitive uh, female element. We saw the Women's World Cup in Australia um, earlier this year with the final being played on International Women's Day, uh, which was a remarkable uh, uh, game and a remarkable spectacle. You know, that the, the whole, you know, Katy Perry um singing almost like a, a super bowl halftime show you know this kind of uh level of production trust the aussies to to go that extra step um but it's it's one of those things that i think most people perhaps wouldn't realize about cricket it, it can be dynamic it is inclusive both in terms of race and in terms of background gender and so on um It's something much more than what people assume it is at first blush. Absolutely.
1: Um, You know, very much so as well from the um, women's cricket perspective Um, on, on that very same day, the women's international day, we, we hosted uh, an event at the, at the uh, Olympic committee building and, and, uh, and watched the game live to a a full, um, it was a lounge audience on the, uh, on the fifth floor of the building where there's a a huge TV screen. And we, uh, we offered a, a brunch to uh, to everybody that was interested in coming down, and we have a we had a massive mix of of people and backgrounds, um, predominantly Finnish as well. Um, we we managed to um, connect with people when we hosted Spain um, in August of of 2019, and there's quite a few people that had uh, had continued being in touch with us since then. So so we um, we offered a live viewing of the uh, of the women's final from the the Melbourne Cricket Ground uh, that morning finish time and uh, who'd have thought even, you know, even 10 years ago that, um, that 85,000 odd people would have packed into a cricket ground to watch a women's cricket match. Um, and that's not from my part, then, then I'm more than happy that it actually happened. It's something that we've been conscious of for, for a long while. We've had, um, we've had a local lady, uh, as our operations director, uh, called Myers gamers on our, our uh, board, board since, um, well, Excluding the first couple of years of existence, so I'd probably say that uh, 15 years plus, 16 years, something like that. And, and um, her children um, have played cricket and uh, she still plays cricket and coaches and has a level two coaching badge. I think one of the first ones in uh, in mainland Europe as, as a female. Um, so it's 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 great to see that, that the women's game itself has also then taken leaps and bounds in terms of development and uh, awareness over the last, certainly the last decade and... and uh, Long may that continue. I think that's um, it's it's taken a while for I think the, the word you used earlier, the, the, the misconception about cricket that it's a bit stuffy. I think that lots of the, the traditional cricket countries have been stuffy for far too long, and, and one of that is revolving around development of the women's game. And I think there's been a, a strange awareness that um, 50% of the uh, of the global population happens to be a female, um, and <laughs> strangely enough, then also lots of them like to play sports. And strangely enough, then cricket. Is, uh, is a fantastically suitable game for women as well as men. So uh, so why not? Um, and it's great to see, and, and hopefully, you know, that's something which is of strategic importance for, for us as an organization and, and obviously strategically important, hugely important for, um, for the ICC and across the globe to continue to develop the game. So that's certainly something which through our junior program we've seen as well. We've, we've very much a sort of a, an even split of, of girls and boys uh, enjoying their first experiences of cricket, so there 's no no differential there as to as to one being better than the other or one being more suited than the other that's um, it 's evenly spread, which certainly wouldn't have been the case back in uh, in my day when I was a school school age you know I think um, it was a boys' sport then, and that was it and uh, and girls didn 't play um, unfortunately uh, so time um, moves on doesn 't it and I'd like to think that um, in that respect, and moves on in a positive direction.
0: Well, one of the uh, developments you, you're talking about uh, is the women's Big Bash League in in Australia. That has some huge kind of production values behind it. It's got a massive following. That they have a men's and a women's league, and they run pretty much side by side. I i follow as, as much various sports <laughs> as I can, so I'm I'm familiar with uh, with teams. I I. Uh, support Western Australia or, or, or Perth Scorchers in the um, uh, the Big Bash League. And the parallel I saw was very similar to the men's and women's super because it, it has an almost on-par playing field in terms of uh, the male and female versions of the sport or, or, or uh, leagues. Yeah. And I can't think... Of anywhere else where that level of parallel is obvious, I mean, in in football or soccer, as uh, people in America would refer to it, has nowhere near that level of of kind of parity between the genders. But cricket has seemed to be very successful and continues to be, um, as does uh, Paspallo. And yep. it, it really struck with me <laughs> when I was. Um, I started to unravel and unpick all of the of these things that I've learned over the years uh following the SMV Co match going actually this does remind me so much more of cricket than I ever thought uh, and it, it it was really really interesting to see that uh, as I say um the the strength in terms of uh, women's cricket um both domestically and abroad um and uh, past parliament. okay well I think We'll take a second break here uh, before we uh, take a look at what's going on in the world of uh, cricket in Finland at the moment. Okay, uh, welcome back, Um, still with me. Uh, thankfully, is um, Cricket uh, Finland chairman, uh, Andrew Omitage. So at the moment, we've seen sports starting to open up in uh, Finland. Um, You've actually been hosting the the Finnish Premier League matches and they've been viewed uh, online as live streaming, haven't they?
1: Yep, which I which I must add is um is, is not something that's actually new for us. I think the new part is that it's been streamed uh on such a wide um to or to a wide audience, a global audience. Um we've been dabbling with um with technical developments and streaming for a few years. Um something which um I think it came about also partly again, there's another link to SMV and I think when we did it for the first time and, and managed to get cricket onto the Finnish TV. Um we were already thinking of how we could do more of that ourselves. And, um, unfortunately, um, we're always on the lookout for more people to get involved and and volunteer with the the small organization. organization. And, um, we've been fortunate enough to find a few key people over the last few years, also predominantly Finnish people that, um, that have got involved in in development of the game. And, And one of those has been specifically on the technical side of things. So, so we have used, um, digital cricket scoring for, for a long while, based on the fact that, um, uh, like as, as a cricket, um, uh, background didn't exist in Finland. So obviously there was no background of cricket scoring either. So, and lots of the people that were involved in, in playing cricket back in the day had absolutely no clue about scoring. So, um, when you, when you start up a sport and you haven't yet built the club culture around cricket, that, that would be normal to you and I from our childhood um the, the cricket clubs existed and somebody scored and, and somebody's mum made the teas and all those sorts of things so you don't have any of that so you have to you have to start from scratch with absolutely everything not just what happens on the other side of the boundary rope um and i think we we got involved in in digital digital scoring very early on if you look at um, other countries across europe simply for the reason that, um, that manually maintaining records of uh, hand-filled cricket scorecards, which never balanced, which, which, um, back in the day, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, of course, we didn't have the benefit of, of, um, scanning scanners and cloud storage and all sorts of other things. So we were ending up with all sorts of hard copies and, and, um, posting, uh, scorecards and all sorts of other things, which basically meant that it was an absolute nightmare to, to manage and maintain. Um, never mind having any stats and league tables and all that sort of thing. So as cricket grew and grew, it was quite clear that we needed to do something differently. So, so digital scoring was something that came in for us, uh, many years ago, probably about 10 years ago. And then with the development of the national ground at, at Kerava, so we started to dabble in, um, fixed camera installations and all that sort of thing. So we've been doing streams for, I think, uh, this would be the third season, if I remember correctly, again age as well as um uh, a busy season that's already just kicked off a couple of weeks ago is uh is my excuse for not trying not remembering everything but um so so um so yes we have um been fortunate enough that uh that the Finnish government had uh had a, a policy of relaxed relaxation of uh of lockdown um which however from a sporting perspective was only uh really clear as to what that meant in practice literally just middle of may so two weeks before the uh the the, the lockdown was uh was relaxed from june the first um there were special conditions which um which were applied to sports which then meant that uh, we didn't find what the special conditions actually were until a couple of weeks before so we'd sort of had contingency plans to consider what our uh, cricket season might look like depending on whether we were going to get uh any season at all worst case scenario nothing um, or would we have a season which might be only August, September or, or then a July start version or a June start version? Uh, as we could see early on that clearly the, the beginning of the season in May wasn't going to happen. So we, uh, unlike uh, PESIS and uh, and football and those that I think are, are literally just around about now planning to start their season, we sort of jumped all in the small organization with uh, with predominantly Volunteer manpower, and then just a couple of us as part-timers. So um, we basically spent the uh, the last two weeks of, of May running around like crazy, trying to put everything in place. Um, a whole league schedule of the different league uh, formats that I mentioned earlier: ten-over competition, twenty-over competition, competition, and forty-over competition, and and obviously the uh, the T20 version of the Finnish Premier League, as we've referred to it, then this year. Um, is our flagship event, and we're starting on on June the 1st. It did start on June the 1st, um, with specific um, government guidelines being followed in terms of social distancing, in terms of uh, no more than 50 people allowed to be on site, so for a cricket game that doesn't have uh, normally a a problem of massive crowds coming to watch cricket, so so we clearly then fit into that category with um, 12 players on each side. Uh, two umpires and um, a couple of scorers, and you know we were probably looking at uh, numbers around about thirty and a few people turning up to watch. So, um, so we managed to get that off the ground, and uh, and then have been um, streaming the, uh, the 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 matches of the Finnish Premier League as well as some T10 games um, for the last uh, week and a half. I think up until Wednesday the tenth, which was a sort of a a testing uh, period for both uh, parties ourselves and uh, an ECN um, and I think at the moment then both have been quite happy with with uh, the outcomes we um, I think uh, officially speaking we were the second country after Vanuatu to actually kick off uh, the, uh, the, the cricket program for 2020 following um, COVID lockdown relaxation. So I think it was quite a bizarre experience that, uh, that I guess even six months ago one would never have thought would have happened. We had um, quite different plans for the, um, the back end of, of June for this summer, hosting a ICC European qualifier event for eight countries to come to play in Finland for the first time ever. So um, I guess, you know, looking at it in different ways, sometimes strange things happen, which um, which were not planned. And the uh, the coverage of the the Finnish Premier League and the amount of interest and, and viewership that we've had has, has obviously been far more than than before for the simple reason that nobody else has been playing.
0: So, <laughs> who would have thought? Well, the the viewership, um, just looking at the figures, you're, you're consistency, uh, consistently looking at uh, almost ten or, or more thousand views uh, yep. a, of these live streams. Uh, me being one of them quite often, and <laughs> <everyone> when <laughs> I could find the time. Um, but it's it's been a massive um, success, and as you say, um, just after Vanuatu, you know, the second um, country in the world to, to start opening up in terms of live cricket. So it's been it's been fascinating to to watch and, and and see this unfold, and I think that it will have helped a lot of people come to cricket, or, or from various countries, or even from. Finland just kind of pick this up and actually start to look and see what this is um so I think I think it's um it's an excellent thing and I'm, I'm really pleased that something good has happened um at, at the moment because it has been um it has been a, a difficult uh time for uh for cricket in Finland but also for for sport generally and around the globe my Dad can't get down the the cricket club where he often is, um, so he's never done so much um, housework and renovation in the home. It's driving <laughs> it's driving my mum potty. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can well imagine. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it, it's not perhaps the way that um, things had been planned. And, and you mentioned the European World Cup qualifier event that was was due to take place at the end of this month I, I was very grateful for for the offer to come and i was i was exceptionally looking forward to to coming over um as soon as things can get back to any sense of normality um i'll be straight over uh whatever's happening whatever's going down and i'll be catching uh, some games at Kerova. um it it has to be done um but uh is there anything else you've got planned coming up this year or or, or in the pipeline? Obviously, it's uh, COVID-dependent, shall I say.
1: Absolutely. It's it's very much COVID-dependent, and we are you know, obviously fingers crossed um, and hoping for the best that uh, that we don't have a, a recoil um, and have to change tack again with, uh, with cricket plans. But um, as of now, we are... Um, waiting to see what the, uh, the global organization, the ICC, decides for the outcomes of, um, of World Cups. And I say World Cups in plural, because obviously the the, um, the ICC board has, has met uh, this last week and, and um, has not currently made a final decision. I think they're expecting to make one in the next month. As to the expected outcome of the T20 World Cup finals in Australia, which is due to be played in, in October, November of this year, um, and then the the it's it's a strange uh, s- uh situation to be in that the uh, the 2021 um t20 world cup finals which are due to be played in india at the back end of of 2021 happens to be i think it's the first time ever that this has actually happened that there are two consecutive t20 world cup uh events but not going into the the minutiae of detail as to to why that's happened wouldn't want to bore your listeners any more than that mm-hmm. but um if if then the ICC makes a decision to to involve postponement of um, the Australian T20 World Cup finals planned for the back end of this year then then who knows what will happen in terms of knock-on effect for other events and and if that then impacts on the uh, the timing of the 2021 T20 World Cup finals in uh, in India um, that get moved forward then you know we, we sort of we dare to hope for uh, a postponement, which would mean that we still have the opportunity to host the, the same European qualifier that we would have hosted in June of this year, um, perhaps next summer. So um, fingers crossed on that one, but obviously there's no decision on that yet. And everything is is very much up in the air and COVID dependent, as you quite rightly said. So I think um, planning wise for the rest of this summer, we've, um, it's obviously a huge depo- disappointment for our national side and the, uh, the coaching team who'd been working really hard on, on, uh, training with the squad and development of the squad. Since the back end of, uh, of last season, when we played a, a really tight series with, um, with cricket Spain in, uh, in Caravaggio in August, which, um, again, just going back to the previous point about, um, streaming and viewerships, then we, we um, we streamed that, uh, event over three days in August on our Cricket Finland uh, YouTube channel. And, and the v- viewership of that was around 450,000. So, you know, I think we knew at that oh, point yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that there's interest out there for, for cricket um, and, and for international cricket as well as uh, league cricket. And uh, so I think, you know, what what's happened this, um, from the beginning of June and, and us finding ourselves in the situation of being the second country in the world playing cricket. So I think it's in a way it's sort of, um, It's been an eye-opener in lots of directions Um, uh, and obviously our our plans as they stand at the moment are that um, we will continue to play a full uh, Finnish Premier League um, tournament which is on a double round-robin basis and then with playoff uh, events and a final, um, if I remember correctly, the last uh, weekend of August for the Finnish Premier League finals Um, and then of course all the other events then fit in and around that, so so we have um in the T twenty format we have a, a two divisions, so the Finnish Premier League is is eight teams and then there's a there's a, a first division, if you want to call it that, in football terms. So a Premier League and then a first division. And we also had this year a second eleven. Again, something then for cricketers rather than uh Pesapalo listeners, but a a second eleven is, is basically a second team from the same the same club. So that that's the first year this summer that we've um We've delivered on on a tournament specifically for that, those teams. That's also in T20 format. Then we have the Ten Ten 10 league, which again will be run in a similar manner to the the, the uh, T20 versions, i.e., uh, this time uh, one big group and and then a, a sort of a league table and uh, and then final playoffs and finals. Um, and then a, a vastly reduced 40-over uh, tournament. Um, we 've normally had that in two or three divisions the last few years, but um while strategically looking at playing more of the short format of the game, it was quite clear that um with covid impacting on on our season by taking away may, so uh, we simply couldn't uh squeeze in all of the cricket that we'd uh, we'd originally planned, so the forty over version was the one that um would cut the most um, other than that um planning wise I guess probably the only other point I'd make is the um the cooperation that we just started with uh, the Erikala Sports Academy which is the national uh, development center for both football and floorball or selibandy as they say in Finnish. Um, so we we just managed to finish the completion of a 3 bay uh, indoor cricket net behind um, a junior football pitch um which is is the first time in finland that the that there's had an installation of a proper cricket artificial surface for batting which is actually located behind the, the football goals area so it's uh, it's again a dual purpose uh, project so that people can play football and cricket at the same time in the same location with uh, with a double net on the side behind the football goal so the football doesn't come through to to interfere with the cricket and then we have a smaller Um, mesh cricket net so it means the cricket ball doesn't then fly onto the football pitch so um, that one I guess is probably one of the biggest uh, items of development for us because it means we have a a, a cricket specific location for the first time ever in Finland which means we are having 12 month of the year access to to training facilities which we've never had before and it's a very exciting uh, cooperation for us because obviously with that being a, a central academy for football and floorball, which are, are obviously two of the biggest sports in Finland. So for us to then be side-by-side side with those, it means that we have a huge increase in accessibility and, and something that we're looking to develop, um, very much so in partnership with the uh, Erikele, uh Institute. Um, this would have happened earlier, but the, uh, the installation was completed literally, I think, two days before COVID uh, lockdown in finland in the middle of march so um, we had we couldn't come out with that information because um we couldn't actually go down there and use it so the whole place was locked down so that's uh, that's a news piece that's literally just come out in the last week or so and something which we'll be um looking to develop very proactively into the uh, into the future
0: well thank you very much uh, for joining me on this uh, bonus episode of the uh, podcast uh, it's been a pleasure to uh, pick your brains, uh, talk a little bit about the SMVCO um, that really kind of uh, opened my mind up to the uh, uh, the similarities between the two uh, sports of cricket and Pesopalo. Um Andrew Armitage, thank you very much for for joining me.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure. If it uh, if it um, helps at all to open up more minds to uh, to think the same way as yourself, then uh, then we've done a
0: great job, and long may that continue. Thank you. And if anybody wants to learn more about uh, cricket in Finland or indeed uh, anywhere, the best place to uh, look, first of all, is cricketfinland.com. Um, but of course, as you mentioned as well, you're also available on uh, most of the social media platforms uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and so on. And again, if you want to learn more about Pesparlo uh, or some of my uh, rantings on Musing's on cricket and Pasipalo. Uh, you can visit my blog, which is superpassesroundup.blogspot.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, which is at r And again, please like or subscribe. Send me a comment. Um, let me know whether you like it, whether you don't. Doesn't really matter whether you do or you don't. I'd love to hear from you anyway. But from me, Ian Alba. Goodbye. If you've got something that's hidden far away